It's good to see you in God's house today. Success starts on Sundays in God's house, worshiping Jesus, hearing God's word preached. Your week is going to be better because you started it off in God's house, and it's really good to see you. And I want to welcome all of our guests today. If you're new with us, welcome to People's Church. We're so glad that you're here and you're taking time out of your schedule to come and to worship the Lord with us today. And if you are new with us, you were handed a program on your way in. And I want to highlight some things to you that uh, will help you better understand the program that was given to you. Uh, we are in a series called God Can't and looking forward to speaking on that today and the next couple of weeks as well. And in our Epic Student Ministries, we get asked this question, is Epic for our students is it only at one location? And the answer is no. Our Epic Student Ministry happens in all of our Oklahoma City metro locations. So every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, there is ministry for your students, 6th grade to, 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 to 12th grade. What a great opportunity for your students to worship the Lord with other students their age and to be encouraged in their faith. So you want to have them here this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at all of our locations. And then there's a series starting next week for your children that I want to highlight called Pathfinders. And we're going to be teaching your children how to navigate difficult times. I thought when I was a kid, I had it difficult. I thought we had challenges as a kid. But our challenges back in the day don't compare at all to the challenges our children face today. I mean, with social media and all the peer pressure and the violence and gun shootings. And I mean, there's so much our kids are faced with. And we want to help. We want to partner with you for the next four weeks, starting next Sunday, and help your children learn how to navigate difficult times. It's not if they go through difficult times. It is when they go through difficult times. And we want to be a resource and a help. So listen, give us the next four weeks. Have your children here and let us help equip them uh, to, to, to handle difficult times. And I want to encourage all of our parents, would you download our People's Church app? Go to the app store, download the app, and on that app, every single week, we have the kids' lessons on there for you so that you can have questions to talk to your kids about. There's mealtime conversations you can have, card time, that, that you can reinforce what we're going to be teaching your kids so they can really apply God's word to their lives. So be sure to download that app so that we can best serve you in parenting your children. And then next week at all of our locations, we're having a special guest reception. We, we, we really look forward at all locations. Our staff wants to meet you. And we want to just connect with you for a few moments. We'll have some light refreshments uh, here at Oklahoma City Campus. My wife and I will be here and, at guest reception. We want to connect with you if you're new at People's Church. Be able to shake your hand, get to know, uh, know a little bit about you. And also, I want to give you a free copy of my book called But God Changes Everything next week. And, and excited about what God's going to do throughout this series called God Can't. If you missed last week, it was very critical. You want to get online at People's Church and watch it because I talked about how God has God DNA. And we learned last week that God cannot go against his nature. God cannot go against his own character. And so there are certain things, there are certain limitations that God has because he cannot go against his own DNA. And last week we learned one of the limitations of God is God cannot lie. God can't lie. And today we're going to look at another limitation that God has. I think it's going to impact your life in a profound way. 
There was a man who was a wealthy man who lived in California. He, he owned a, a great deal of property, and this man had a very large swimming pool. I mean, it was a humongous swimming pool, and the, the, this, this particular wealthy man in California, he had a shark that lived in the pool. He, he actually had a shark that would just swim, and then he would feed in the pool, and he would oftentimes throw dinner parties, and as he threw these dinner parties, he would, he would have his, all of his guests come stand around the pool, and he would share with them, hey, if you will jump in the pool and swim across my pool and you do not get eaten up by the shark, I want to give you one of three gifts. And he says, here's what I'll do for you if you jump in and swim across the pool. He says, I'll either give you $10 million or the second option, he says, I'll give you half of my estate if you make it across the pool. He said, thirdly, I'll give you an opportunity to pick any house you want and I will buy the house for you. And, and one day when he was having a dinner party, he had all the guests standing around the pool and he began to describe to them what he would do for them if they could swim across the pool without getting eaten by the shark. And as he was talking and explaining this, the next thing you know, a man is in the pool and he is swimming across the pool and he is not, he does not have the proper tire on. He is wearing a suit. He is wearing a tie and he is swimming like crazy. He is frantic as he's swimming through the pool and the shark sees him and the shark starts chasing after this man. He's going as fast as he can to escape from the shark. He gets to the end of the pool and the shark is right on his heels. He jumps out the pool and the shark hits his head against the end of the pool. And the owner said, I cannot believe you've done that. He said, you're the only person that has ever jumped in that water. You're the only person that has ever done this. Congratulations, you made it without getting eaten. He said, what can I give you? He said, can I give you the $10 million? He said, no, thank you. He said, well, can I give you half of my estate? He said, no, thank you. He said, okay, you must want a, a, a brand new home. Which home do you want me to buy? You want me to buy you a brand new home? He said, no, thank you. He said, well, what do you want me to give you? He said, I want you to give me the name of the person that pushed me in. Because <laughs> I wasn't planning on swimming in your shock waters. Have you ever wondered who pushed you into sin? Have you ever wondered who pushed you in to the addiction? Have you ever wondered who pushed you in to the temptation that we face every single day? Who pushed you in? Every day when we wake up, temptation comes at us like a wild animal chasing its prey. Daily, it comes, it comes. And where does all this temptation come from? To lie, to cheat, to steal. To be full of greed and lust and pride and anger and rage and hate. Where does all this temptation come from? Is God tempting us? Is, is God trying to trip us up? Where in the world does temptation come from? And today, what we're going to do is we're going to answer that question on where temptation comes from. And I want to give you some biblical tips to overcome temptation. 
Here's my win today. Here's my goal today. I want to help you to start winning over temptation. By the end of this message, I want to help you. I want to equip you to begin to win over the temptations that come your way day after day. Here's the theme verse. Here's the key verse for today. In James chapter number one and verse 13, it says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. The scripture says temptation never comes from God. You see, God cannot tempt you. God cannot tempt me because God himself cannot be tempted. Here's the first thought that I want you to jot down. Point number one is this. God cannot be tempted because God is holy. God cannot be tempted because God is holy. First Peter chapter one and verse 15 says this, but just as he who called you talking about God is holy. So be holy in all you do for it is written, be holy because I talking about God, God, I am holy. You see, God is holy. And, and that, that can be kind of a, a churchy word to be, to be holy. But all that word holy means is to, to be separate, to separate, to separate or, or to cut off. And so God is cut off. He's separate from evil. He's cut off from sin. God cannot tolerate sin because he is holy. First John chapter one and verse five says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. There is not an ounce of darkness, not an ounce of evil in God. God's holiness is what sets him apart from every other thing. I want you to understand this about your great God. He is holy. It's one of the the major distinctions that separates him from everything else. God is completely holy. And and here's what some people would say today. Some of you are students of the Bible. Some of you really study the word of God. You're a theologian and you're, you're thinking to yourself, but pastor, I've read in the Bible where it says God is tempted. And you are correct. You are accurate. And let me explain this to you in Exodus chapter 17 and verse two. Let me give you an example of this. It says, therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, for we for for, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And when you read that God was tempted, it's referring to testing God. You see, the Israelites wanted to test God because they did not trust God. And whenever people start doubting God, it can lead them to start demanding things from God to make God prove himself to them. And that's what the Israelites were doing. And you can see an example of this in the New Testament as well. In Matthew chapter four and verse number seven, when, when the devil was tempting Jesus, it says, Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord, your God to test. Jesus says, don't test God or, or don't tempt God. And the devil told Jesus, tell God to turn these stones in to bread. He said, no, 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 don't, don't tempt God. Don't, don't try to put God on the test and demand him to prove himself to you. Understand this. God cannot be tempted with evil. 
he cannot be tempted to sin. And someone would say, but, but, but pastor, pastor, hold on, hold on. Jesus was t- tempted to sin. And you are correct that Jesus was tempted to sin. And the reason Jesus was tempted to sin was because Jesus was born through the virgin named Mary. And Jesus put on this skin. He was housed in this flesh just like you and I are. When Jesus walked the earth, he was 100% man and 100% God. He was completely God and he was completely man at the same time. And for 33 years, while Jesus was a human being on this earth, completely man, completely God he was tempted just like you and I are tempted the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 for we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way referring to Jesus when he lived on this earth just as we are yet he did not sin Jesus was tempted on this earth because he was housed in this flesh But the difference between Jesus and you and me is Jesus never sinned. He never gave in to sin. And now Jesus today is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's no longer housed in this flesh. He no longer is tempted because God cannot be tempted by sin. And you say, Pastor, if God cannot be tempted by sin, if God doesn't tempt me to sin, Who's pushing me? Why do I feel so much temptation? What's going on? Who's pushing me to fall into sin? Well, let's look at this together. Where where does temptation come from? Where does temptation come from? Number one is this. Comes from the devil. Just write that down. It comes from the devil. Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm not talking about you. Come on. Sometimes you act like the devil, but you're not the devil comes from the devil understand there is a spiritual force there is a spiritual being called the the devil and he he is the tempter he he tempts us Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1 it says then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil understand this just because the spirit of God leads you into a situation does not exempt you from being tempted by the devil Jesus was led by the spirit, but the devil tempted you. So you can be in the middle of the will of God. You can be in the perfect will of God and you can still be tempted by the devil. Matthew chapter four and verse three about Jesus says this, the tempter, the the devil came to him, came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The devil tempted Jesus. John chapter 13, verse two, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted, had already enticed, had already tempted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot to betray, betray Jesus. You see, the devil will tempt you. He will, he will prompt you. He will entice you. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse five. This is referring to married couples and it says, do not deprive each other referring to intimacy, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer, then come together again so that Satan, the devil, will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The devil, he, he tempts you and I. First Thessalonians chapter three and verse five says, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter, The devil had 
tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. You see, you and I face so much temptation is because there's this spiritual force, the devil, who lives to tempt us, who lives to, to try to get us to trip up. Where does temptation come from? Number one, it comes from the devil. Number two, it comes from the world. Temptation comes from the world. Second Timothy chapter four and verse 10 says for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. And I'm concerned today that some of you would say, I, I love God. I, I'm a follower of Jesus, but, but you find yourself loving this world and loving all the things of this world. And, and like Demas, when you, when you love this world, you, you will start drifting away from God. The world entices us. It lures us to, 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 to drift away from the things of God. First John chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Now he describes what it looks like to love the world. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, they are not from your heavenly Father. They are from this world and they tempt you, they entice you, they try to lure you in. To, to falling, to tripping up, to stumbling. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, there are behaviors in this world. There's a pattern in this world. There, there, there are customs, a lot of customs in this world that try to lure us, that are popular and, and the world lures us, it, it, it tempts us, and the Bible says, don't you be conformed to this world, don't, don't you take on the patterns, don't you take on the behaviors, don't you take on the beliefs, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In other words, do not give in to it. Where does temptation come from? From the devil, from the world. Number three, this is going to be shocking to some of you, you you're not aware of this. Number three, temptation comes from the flesh, from the flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, your flesh. Go ahead and tell them that your flesh. Yeah. You think it's my flesh. It's your flesh. Your flesh is the problem. <laughs> Let me teach this to you. James chapter 1 and verse 13 says this. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, that's you, that's me. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed that after desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death we, we are tempted by our own desires there are desires on the inside of you and on the inside of me that are not good and not from God they're, they're, they're evil desires and, and having a desire that is wrong is not a sin. It's when you give in to those desires. It's when you yield to those desires. It's when you act out those thoughts. Each person is tempted because all of us have things on the inside of us that are not pleasing to the Lord and they try to lure us and our desires try to entice us away from the things of God. And some of you find yourself, because you've been giving into those desires, you find yourself trapped today 
temptation is just great in your life because here's the thing about temptation when you give into it it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger that's the thing about the flesh you think well, i'll be satisfied if i give into that desire but but in reality you're not satisfied it's a fleeting satisfaction satisfaction you'll be satisfied for the moment but that desire that urge that thought it just grows bigger and bigger and bigger and the next thing you know you find yourself trapped and here's what i want you to know about our great god no matter the temptation no matter the addiction that you find yourself in today there's always a way out. There's always a way out of the temptation. There's always a way out of the sin. There's always a way out of the addiction. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God always provides a way out. No, you say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. God always provides a way out. You don't understand the temptation I'm facing. God always provides a way out. You don't understand how long I've been involved in this sin. God always provides a way out. He's a good God and he always provides a way out. Look at your neighbor, right? You gotta do it one more time. Look him right in the eyes and say, there's a way out. Go ahead and tell him, there's a way out. There's a way out of that temptation. There's a way out of that sin. There's a way out. I want to give you the way out. How do you overcome temptation? What, what's the way out of temptation? I want to give that to you today in, in four quick points. And, and, and today I'm in a rare preacher form because all of my points have a W in them. Mm, mm, mm. They all have a W today. Here's how you overcome temptation. Number one, resist with your word. Resist with your word. When I talk about the word, I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the Holy Scriptures. You see, when the devil was tempting Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus used the word against the devil. Jesus quoted the Bible back at the devil. Jesus used what the Bible calls our offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit. Jesus used the sword of the spirit against the devil. And I want you to notice when Jesus used the sword of the spirit, when he quoted scripture to the devil, I want you to see what the devil does in Matthew chapter four and verse 11. It says, then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. The devil left Jesus when he used the word of God. And the devil has been bothering some of you. The devil has been messing with you. He's been messing with your marriage. He's been messing with your dating life. He's been messing with your money. He's been messing with your children. You just went back to school last week, some of you. And he's already messing with you at school. Some of you messing with you at your workplace. And what you need to do is you need to pull out the sword of the spirit. And you need to quote God's word at that dirty devil. Start using God 
God's word. Maybe he's tempting you with fear. Break out 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Maybe he's tempting you not to trust God with your finances. Would you break out Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19? My God, not my boss, not my employer, not my company. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Maybe he's tempting you to stay wounded. He's tempting you not to forgive. He's tempting you to have an offended spirit. Break out Psalm chapter 147 and verse number 3. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Maybe he's tempting you to stay in your sin. He's tempting you to stay in your addiction. Break out the word John chapter 8 and verse number 36. Listen God whom the son sets free is free indeed. I'm free today. I don't have to walk in my bondage. I don't have to walk in this sin. Jesus has set me free. Maybe he's tempting you to give up on your spouse, to give up on your children. Quote Joshua chapter 24 and verse number 15. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know my kids are acting crazy, but they're going to serve the Lord. I know my husband and my wife is acting crazy, but my house is going to serve the Lord. Maybe he's tempting you to quit. Quote Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Do not grow weary in well-doing. In due season, at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Use the word of God against the devil. Maybe he's tempting you to hurt somebody, to cut somebody, to cut somebody out. Well, just use the word of God. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9. Do not take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God's going to fight my battles for me. I'm going to use the word of God. No matter the temptation, use God's word. You say, Pastor, I don't know the word of God. Google you a scripture. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for your smartphone. Google you a scripture and then work it on the devil. Because if you'll work the word, the word will work. Quote the scripture on the devil and he'll leave you alone. Quote the word. Use the word. Pastor, I'm new to People's Church. Well, I like to preach every once in a while. Welcome to People's Church. (laughs) Resist with your word. Number two, resist with your will. Resist with your will. James chapter four and verse seven says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have to submit yourself to God, but don't stop there. You see, understand this. You play a part in overcoming temptation. It is not all on God. You submit yourself to God. And the Bible says, you resist the devil. You resist the devil. You resist the urge. You resist the desire. You resist the temptation. It's not a sin to have a desire, but resist the desire. Resist the devil. Don't give in. Don't follow through on the thought. Satan only has power to overcome you if you give it to him. Say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying, don't go around saying, the devil made me do it. (laughs) Man, the devil made me do it. No, 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 no. You can submit yourself to God and resist the devil. You have a choice in overcoming temptation. You can choose to resist the devil. Number three is this. We say resist with your word. Resist with your will. Number three is resist with your way. Resist with your way. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22 says, run. Everybody shout, run. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Run from it. Instead, pursue or run after righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship or friendship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. I want to help you overcome temptation. The scripture says run from temptation. Run from sin. You don't try, you don't try to avoid eating sweets by sitting and dunking donuts all day. That's not a good plan. Some of you are falling into temptation because of the environment you're putting yourself in, because of the friendships that you're hanging with, the friends you're hanging with. You're wondering why you keep giving into temptation because you're not running from it. You're just hanging around it. You're putting yourself in some environments that are not good and healthy. And the scripture says, run. Let me teach you this. If you play with fire long enough, you're going to get burned. So the Bible says you got to run from temptation. And it says this, run, pursue righteous living. So don't just run from temptation, run from sin, but you got to run to something. Run to righteous living, run to faithfulness, run to love and peace. And it says, and companionship with other Christians. That's why we have small groups at People's Church. Do you know why? Here's one of the big reasons. Because you cannot overcome the devil and you cannot overcome temptation all by yourself. You need some other Christians that will pray for you, that will support you. You need a small group that's around you, that will encourage you and spur you to do the right things instead of the wrong things. Some of you are losing the battle over temptation because you don't have a small group of Christians that are walking with you and praying with you and encouraging you. I'm not trying to put small groups and tell you to get in a small group to add something else on your life because your life is busy. I'm telling you to get in a small group because it's the only way you can whoop the devil. It's the only way you're going to have victory over sin. you got to have some people around you. And that's why scripture says, listen, you want to overcome the devil? It says you got to run from anything. But then it says you got to pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, peace, and enjoy the companionship, the friendship on those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I want to help your life today. Get in a small group. Today after this service, we have small group training if you want to be a leader. This Wednesday night, we have a small group training at all of our locations. You can lead what type of group, whatever kind of group you want to lead. It can be throwing frisbees, playing basketball, a Bible study, cooking. I'm simply saying, lead a group. Get some people that love Jesus around you, around a common topic, so that you can walk in freedom and victory. Next week on our, on our, on our People's Church app, our small groups will all be updated. And you can find a small group that's right for you. So you can have some other Christians that can help you live a life of victory and win over temptation. How do you overcome temptation? Resist with the word, resist with your will, resist with your way, and number four, resist with your worship. Resist with your worship. Notice what scripture says in Hebrews chapter four and verse 15. For we do not have a high priest talking about Jesus who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He can empathize. He sympathizes. He knows what we're going through. How, well, why does he know what we're going through? But we have one who has been tempted in every way because when he lived in this flesh, he was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. So verse 16 teaches us because Jesus did not sin, but he can relate to us. He identifies, he sympathizes with us. Verse 16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
the Bible says what we got to do is we got to approach God's throne of grace. We, we got to come into God's presence with our prayers, with our worship. Let me tell you what the devil loves to do. He's doing it to some of you today. He loves to put shame on you and to shame you out of approaching God's throne. He shames you. Look at you. Look at what you did. You know what you did last night. You know what you did last week. Can't even believe you came to church. You better enjoy a wild world, you a wild thing. That's what he'll say. That's what he's saying to some of you today. And I'm telling you, you're missing it. That's not true. The scripture says, let us approach God's throne with confidence because Jesus relates to our temptation. He relates to what we're going through. So somebody today who's far from God, would you approach God's throne and say, God, I need you because God has plenty of mercy. He has plenty of grace. He has plenty of forgiveness. He has plenty of second chances. He has plenty of strength to help your life. You just got to approach God's throne today. Some of you today, you got to start running to God. You know the Lord. You, you've been living for the Lord, but you drifted away because the devil shamed you. And now you haven't been praying. You haven't been reading your Bible. It's been a long time since you've been to church. And he's shaming you. You better not go to church. You better not read your Bible. You know what you've been doing. And he's shaming you. No. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence that he will forgive us. He'll cleanse us. He'll help us. He, she will strengthen us. He has plenty of mercy and grace today. Would you get into his presence? You resist with worship. Get back into God's presence. Get back to coming to church faithfully. Get back to seeking God. He will help you overcome temptation. Run to God today. Not away from God. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. He cares about you. He sent Jesus to die for you. 